24 hours a day, seven days a week. A new way of radio and the beginning of a new talent. Moncoradio.com, where music and minds meet. Welcome everybody to Damage Radio. I heard here live on MonkaRadio.com where music reminds me. You already know me. I'm RC alongside Matt, the ultimate Kiss fan porter. And what a great way to be back. We had to bring back one of our favorite guests, the man, the myth, the legend. This man's the host, producer, writer, director, editor from So Says Chernoff on Fight TV. He interviews talent from StarCast events and ad-free shows. He's an on-air talent, producer, editor for Fight and Focus. And most recently, the new director of programming for Fight TV, the one and only Josh Chernoff. Josh, welcome back to Damage Radio, man. Oh, man. Thank you for having me back. I uh, I thought I was just not getting invited anymore, and then I found out that you guys just hadn't been here. So You, you know, after reading that long intro, okay, thanks, everybody. Good night. Yeah, right. yeah, welcome to the show. Thank you. Goodbye. That's no, all we it, have for that, today. You know what? It was very flattering. I appreciate it. It also makes me feel like I'm doing way too much. Well, um, I didn't even get into being a full-time dad in real estate and everything oh, else man. that you do, man. Yeah. I don't know how you do it. Uh, I mean, I just let some of those things slide. Um, that's really it. No, I, you know what, man, it's so good to be back here. It really is. Trust You're me. on a slightly higher, uh, chair than I am. Well, one, one step higher, right? Yeah, but there you go. Well, that, see, now those of you that are tuned in have to realize this is the first time you've been live in about two years. I've been talking to myself on Skype and doing 45 minutes of an interview and then it getting cut off and having to start all over again. <laughs> like, I'm so happy to see people and do what we do best. You know what Uh-oh. I mean? We got our first caller. There we go. Damage Radio, who's on the line? My kids, Dylan and Ethan. <laughs> guys, my, my number one fans. How you guys doing? Good, yeah. Doing good? You guys behaving for grandma? Yeah. Good, good. How's it feel to hear dad on, on the radio? We can't do both. Okay. Well, just say just say it's fantastic, <laughs> and, and I feel better. <laughs> but yeah, I... We're going to put you on right now. Thank you, Faith. I appreciate it. I appreciate you, and I appreciate those kids, and um, I love you guys. And what did we say, Daddy? Thanks, Hi. No, we love you, Daddy. <laughs> and we're going to put you on right now. Thanks, Faith. You guys are the best. All right, Dylan, I'll see you later, guys. See you, Ethan. Bye-bye. Bye. Matt, does it get any better than that? Like your number one support system? What a way to start. Yeah, you got to come back. You got to come back strong, right? Josh? What a what a commentary on how long it's been too. Because your kids weren't calling in two years ago. No. Like it's it's. I don't even know how old is your youngest. Uh, five. Okay. His, yeah. His birthday, no. he's, he's having a birthday party this this Saturday. And I'm sure it's a water party, and I'm going to get soaked. And so it's cool. Nice. Well, happy birthday yeah. to him. All right. Five, and I got other one seven and a half. Oh man. Yeah. Second it's, grade. Uh, that's that's crazy, right? That's just crazy. Time time marches on, right? Now Definitely. look, since we last had you here. You, uh, and I commented right away. You have become an action figure. Uh, yes, that is true. <laughs> right? Technically, two action. Well, technically, <laughs> I guess one's a repaint of the other, right? So it doesn't some skills and really. M&Ms. One yeah. has kung yeah. fu grip. <laughs> yeah, right. I think it's, uh, what does it say on it? Roaming, reporting, action. Talk yeah. about that. I mean, the fact that, I mean, obviously, look, as a kid growing up, and, you know, you did the teenage wrestling and everything, but everybody at some point thinks, what if I was an action figure? Yeah. And there you are. Now, I bought one that's hanging on my wall. I forgot to bring it in to get it signed. But that had to be exciting. Talk about the process and how did that happen? Yeah. yeah uh, so the process was pretty much I was doing a, a podcast with the Blue Meanie uh, called The Mind of the Meanie. And he's still doing the podcast now with uh, Adam Barnard. Uh, they're doing a great job over there. Um, and uh, this new company called Cello Toys has just announced they were going to do a uh, an action figure for Nick Aldis. And I looked at it and I thought, you know, the Blue Meanie has been slighted on action figures. He absolutely, um, as they say in the action figure community, he's incredibly toyetic and he should have an action figure. So I was like, okay, this could be a really cool way to jump in. He gets an action figure. Maybe the packaging has Mind of the Meanie on it and everything. So I reach out to them and and I say, hey, you know, what would it be for this or that? You know, Blue Meanie does this with, you know, uh, and I don't know if I said I'm the co-host or him and his co-host do it or whatever it was. So long story short, they come back to me with, okay, here's what the process would look like. Um, and then they're like, 
Uh, shipping, of course, would be to get the stuff to you guys would be a little bit more because of the size of the card being a two pack. I'm like, uh, I'm like, now when you say a two pack, what are you? And they're like, well, him and his co-host, right? Which is why I don't think I said that I was the co-host. I think I was, you know, you always want to seem bigger. You have to be like, I'm the intern working for, you know? So I'm like, they're like, that's what you wanted, right? Him and his co-host. And I'm like, exactly. That's exactly what I wanted. <laughs> that was my vision. All yeah, right. That was it. Um, and uh, see, I thought I was going to have to formulate this whole relationship with them before I begged for a figure. But <laughs> we had dinner. We had wine. Yeah, it was. And it, but man, no, they just skipped right to uh, right to tearing the package open. And uh, no, we, we uh, it was it was incredible. The whole process of it was they first they had a really talented artist um, draw what the figure would look like and and. Uh, and we went back and forth on a couple of different things. Obviously, for me, I had to choose which of my many ties, right? And, you know. Right. Um, so hey, I wait, went, they missed out on the variant figure. Yes, you know, they did. Come and on. you know what? We've actually talked about it. Um, there's been a lot of conversation about doing that and tying it into specific events. Um, so I don't know. They've gotten a, and now they have the Macho Man right on a, in a figure line. So they've gotten a little bit bigger than me, but. Uh, we have had that conversation about doing um, maybe like limited run. I know with Aldis, they did a bunch and one of them, he's bleeding. One of them, he's wearing purple and all that. And it's a very limited run of them. But because they're all repaints, uh, except for like now I shaved. So, you know, now we need the variant. All right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my beard will be back by uh, by the time anyone sees me again. But um, <laughs> but my daughter was not. She's like, I want your fluffy beard back. I'm like, well. Here's a, here's a black marker. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. I'm like, I'll paint it. I'll do yeah. a, a, a Hollywood Hogan style. Right. Just paint it in. But. Um, and my youngest, my two year old, he just like, he just keeps going daddy and pointing to his face and like, like he doesn't know what he's like, what happened here? But, um, but yeah, so they did the figure of the mind of the meaning two pack. And then they, we sold out of that, uh, in the UK and we are almost completely sold out, uh, here in the U S but you can still go to mind You can go and fun fact, Meanie and I saw each other for the first time in a very long time. And we were selling the figures. It was at the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast Live uh, 13 show in Baltimore. And Meanie uh, was like, why don't I just sign a bunch of these? Right. And I'm like, yeah, why don't you do that? So he signed, like I think, like six of them, whatever we had left at the end of the night. And he signed like six of them. So we now are going to open back up because we've been sold out of the, the signed ones for about six months. So... Breaking news here, you will be able to, uh, you'll be able to get that um, uh, soon. We'll have that up on the site. So oh, it's fantastic. there'll be six more signed ones. But, uh, but then they came to me and they said, hey, you know, we sold out of them. Would you like to do a solo one? Because they didn't want to do the two pack again. So they're like, you know, we already have the mold. We could do like a repaint for it. And I was the one who said, I was like, I don't know that there's a market really for more Josh Chernoff action figures. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm like, try, like, like I'll keep, buy 800 of them. Yeah, I'm like, keep making yeah. them by all means. I'm like, but I don't want you buy guys the wrestling going, buddies too. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want you, which they did, which actually uh, we have those, um, which is hilarious. <laughs> I, I I know at least one person bought it because I signed one. They sent me one in a package from um, Brothers Gatter. <laughs> yeah. Um, brother, uh, Brothers Gatter made, made them. Um, and uh, they came to us and said, hey, we'd like to make some action figures or some uh, uh, wrestling buddies of you. And it was really cool. The artist did. It doesn't look like the original buddies, but like it's really cool. And uh, they sent one in the mail for me to sign. So somebody bought a signed one. <laughs> That's um, crazy, so, man. Yeah. It's like, why? Why would you buy this? But uh, but no. So you just so, message me. I'll say hello. <laughs> yeah. So I said, yeah, you go to cameo.com. Slash so so sure enough. Five bucks. Um, five but, bucks, uh, guys. But also they said junior hoagie. So they said to me, um, they're like, oh, well, we think it would be good because you sold out on the other. And I'm meanwhile thinking, yeah, I sold out because I was in a two pack with the blue mini, you know? <laughs> um, but I said to them, I said, what if we brand it? What if I get p uh, permission from Fight and we brand it as like a fight action figure and I'll wear my fight tie and I'll do all that? So uh, they were on board, Fight was on board, and I wasn't even a, uh, an employee of Fight at the time. I was still just doing contract work with them. But uh, yeah, they were, they were, yeah, I mean, they, they were smart enough to know, um, okay, free publicity. Why, you know? Sure. Um, so yeah, and I'm happy to say they almost instantly sold out 
in the UK again of those, and I have very limited number left uh, here in That's the state. That's fantastic. So, yeah, which is ridiculous. We got another caller, Damage Radio. Who's on the line? The things that I do while I'm working to help you out, Cameron, I swear. <laughs> Teron Derry. Woo! Oh, wow. Ron, how's it going, buddy? RC, I, 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 uh, I compl- totally broke kayfabe there. Thank uh, you. It's been a while. <laughs> Only from you, man. It means a lot. <laughs> how's it going? Uh, it's definitely going. I've been uh, been just working, doing my thing, still kind of recovering from the uh, the big event that we had. Step into the arena back on July, or yeah, we're in July, June thirtieth. It was practically July by the time it ended. Um, yeah, fantastic down at the twenty three hundred arena, Monster Factory, doing some uh, terrific things. Hey, I got to I got to commentate with Kevin Kelly for the night. So that and was, I was so uh, proud of you, man, of that man. That was pretty cool to see you do that. You know. And and I even got to call a match with uh, Kevin and D'Lo Brown. Nice. Wow. Man. Yeah, That's he awesome. called the uh, the three two one rumble. So looking back at it, how did it feel? Do you get a chance to soak it all in? Uh, yes and no. I mean, there was a lot going on that day. Uh, I mean, as I'm I'm going through my notes, getting ready for this Saturday's event, I've got 78 profiles uh, that I've got in my book to update or create as there were a lot of uh, newer wrestlers or new to the factory that I had to add in there, both for the Rumble as well as for other matches. Definitely. Now, we have a Josh Chernoff action figure. When are we going to get a Fran Burgundy action figure? It comes a two-set, an Afro Ninja and the Fran Derry now. I, I don't know if I'm necessarily action figure worthy. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't you matter. can still get them, even yeah. if you're and, not. And and frankly, there's and I can say this because I'm getting ready to move out of my house here, and there's a whole decluttering process. There are so many GD tchotchkes that are out there. <laughs> I don't want to add mine into the mix. Damaged. I think we need that. I, though, we do. Need that. I, I really yeah. do. Well, Porter, it, I, I, I didn't cross the line there, Porter. I, 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 no, you sense you see you're a pro. Yeah. I like how you did that. I, I know what I'm doing. I mean, I, I was on the radio for 12 years before the... Uh, what station? <laughs> out of hell with them. You know what? I got to say, though, I did watch some of the clips that, of the recent commentary you're doing. You haven't missed a beat. You're still sharp as ever, and it sounds fantastic. Always impressive, Ron. Well, I, I do appreciate it because, I, I mean, at least on that night, and this is kind of, uh, I guess, giving you a bit of an exclusive here in that regard as far as how I was feeling... I kind of felt like the uh, JR in AEW, you know, the 70-year-old JR at this point, <laughs> in between the uh, Excalibur that was uh, Brian Flatley, my new current co-commentator, and Kevin Kelly, who was essentially the Tony Schiavone of the group. I kind of felt like I was still trying to find my place in there and not taking as much of a lead as I probably should have. And I think some of that was just nerves and over being overwhelmed in the situation i mean flatly is pretty good i mean that was only maybe the third or fourth event that i had called with him and he definitely uh, stepped up as he stepped into the arena but i definitely felt like a little of my thunder was taken away while at the same time still getting in some various uh, barbs and one-liners and having a good overall call the main event I three-man booth hell. though i just want to say three-man three booth is not, not easy. easy not easy at all um so, yeah, so, you know, hats off to you for doing that. That's an awesome experience. Right. Yeah, and, I mean, and you know all about Kevin that, Kelly Josh, like stepping up. After, after the, uh, at the end of the event, he expected me to take more of a leading role and, and to use a basketball analogy. Uh, I said that I was acting more like a point guard when I should have been a power forward that night. Well, you, got, you knew where the arena was, so you got that name right, at least. You know, so you, that's a step ahead of JR, right? Oh, come on, JR. <laughs> hey. Jared's got a tough job. I love him. I'm going to tell him you said that. Oh, please don't. Come on. I need a job. (laughs) No, but Fran, we appreciate you. You're all right. Oh. Well, Fran, we appreciate you calling in uh, on your work when you're working, man, and uh, we hope to get you up here soon. Yeah, we were talking a little bit about that beforehand. Uh, Hopefully, in a few weeks, I can. Uh, work around my Wednesday schedule here and, uh, and and make my way up, and we'll see how things go from there. But I'll let you and Josh get back to uh, kvitzing and doing your thing. And uh, Porter, I'll uh, give you a little bit of a break, as I'm sure well, here in this uh, July summer month here, I may just sweat even more bullets over the course of the last couple of minutes. <laughs> ah, Fran, you're the best. 
I, I, I do what I can. I, I, I try to, uh, yeah, I try to tiptoe along that line just a little bit, knowing where the line is. It may be a little different for college radio than it is for other forms <laughs> yeah. of terrestrial radio. So maybe I'm stepping a little bit over the line, but what the heck? I'm not going there. So <laughs> as long as I don't get you fired, that's the key. Nah, we're good. So, yeah, Thanks, it's, it's, Ron. It's like that bit from uh, from Major League. That's all we got. One GD hit. <laughs> GD on there. Ah, don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. <laughs> oh, <laughs> damage. On that, on that note, note, good night, folks. And you, uh, RC, I'll catch you later. Sounds good, Ron. Thanks for the call, man. Appreciate you, brother. Yeah, first. Hey, so what we were talking about before uh, before Ferran delighted us with a call. So have you ever, and, and I'm going to put you right on the spot, have you taken your action figure out of the packaging and made him call a match? <laughs> I have not made him call a match. Or did, um, or did you lose your arm when, he, you, when your daughter got get, mad at you? Did he get in a match? Maybe there was interference. Yeah. You know? So I, I'll tell you what I did, in all seriousness. I took a picture I took the action figure. I put it in a, my son's little ring that looks like the old blue Hasbro ring. And I took my uh, old Bret Hart figure, my old beat up, chipped up Bret Hart figure, which is not the one that I have in my Hasbro collection. That's the one that I gave to my son <laughs> to play with because I beat the crap out of it as a kid. Uh, I put them together and I took a picture and I sent it over to my mom because that was, to me, that was like, it takes some time to like really especially when you're in the midst of doing anything that any you don't achieve like this is going to sound really weird but you don't achieve the dreams that you have overnight so it's such a, a a detailed process to get there for instance even the process of getting my own action figure went through a ton of emails of here's a 3d rendered scan here's this here's all the different you know by the time you get it it's not like if someone called you up and said Hey, check your mailbox. Here's an action figure, and you're blown away, right? right. So you you, it had been such a long, like a, a maybe eight month process that by the time I got the figure, I had to like realize that like this isn't something I like went online and had made of myself. <laughs> right. This is this is an actual action figure that a company was. Yeah, I guess decided for whatever reason to make. So yeah, so that's what I did. Do. I did do that. And then also this year on uh, 4th of July, I took my figure and I sat out there and I took one of those little American flags and put it in the hand <laughs> instead of the microphone and just had that on display uh, in my house. But like the Trish Stratus doll has yeah. come over. Oh, Josh. Yeah. No, listen, <laughs> what, what my figures do in a drawer is, uh, it's not my business. They come you know? night, yeah. yeah, I can't look, I can't say. Yep. So we got another caller. Damage radio. Who's on the line? Hi, this is Christian. Christian from uh monster factory. Have you interviewed him a few weeks from ago? Monster how's, factory. how's it going, man? I'm doing great. I was trying to call in earlier, but I think my phone's broken. Um, so I'm on a landline right now. How's it going, guys? What are those? Yeah, what are landlines? <laughs> I know, right? Thankfully, I have one in my house. Very cool. So, yeah, I want to say kudos to you, man. Uh, it beat wrestling in the 2300 arena, man. Uh, how did it feel? Oh, it was a dream come true. I've said this a million times before, but, like, that was one of those, like, top ten wrestling bucket list goals, and I finally got to cross that off. Uh, holy cow, it was something else. I, it was everything I ever dreamed of and everything I ever wanted to do. I've been going to the Monster Fact, or to the Monster Fact, to the 2300 since I was like 12. And by that point, I was probably going like three times a month before COVID. And now to be on the other side of it was just unbelievably incredible. And Josh, you know all about that, you know, being a fan, having your own backyard, then wrestling, and now doing what you're doing now. Like, it takes hard work. And yeah. when you finally make it, what's it feel like? Well, I mean, and that's kind of like listening to what Christian's saying here about being able to, you know, have that be a bucket list moment. And that, that is a cool thing. You know, the 2300 Arena, I remember when I went to a, a live something to wrestle there and my buddy Matt and I, who at that point in time, I hadn't wrestled in 10 years and uh, he and I had had many matches together. We just like joked around. We're standing in the empty room there and we're just like, you want to lock up? So like we actually worked, <laughs> nice. we worked the 20, the old ECW arena, but you know, to be able to, you know, to hear things. And that was what was so cool. Um, I mentioned Meanie earlier and I know he was there and, and, uh, it, it was really, it was so cool. What, uh, what the monster factory did putting on a show like that there. Um, because you get people who are younger in the business, um, 
or or even if they're not younger, but they're less uh, experienced as far as those those huge experiences, big arenas or the special venues, and you give them that opportunity to say, hey, you know, here's here's a bucket list moment. Here's you know, you're living your dream here, and I feel like in Christian, you know, maybe you can speak to this, but it had to have made you. And I don't know your whole, you know your history, how long you've been working or anything like that, but I'm sure however you felt about being a wrestler when you walked out that night you were that much more energized to just keep going am i correct with that no it's just another day at the office of yeah, course right. it, it was such an amazing <laughs> it was such an amazing moment no it really was um you know i've i've been working for about 2 years and that just felt like such a, a big like everything coming to fruition moment just sitting there and looking at the fruits of your labor like oh my god i'm here you know we really felt like stars walking out there yeah <laughs> that's amazing in front of you know however many people but like you know the the production was incredible being in that building you know being surrounded by the history of that building like it's crazy to say i wrestled in the ecw arena and yeah. you know, I also had people like Blue Meanie standing around, and and D'Lo Brown just kind of walking around like here. Me- Meanie loves no. to stand around. That's his finish, I think, <laughs> these days. Oh, he's the greatest. Yeah. But Christian, I want to tell you a little history lesson, like with Josh talking about, you know, locking up in the ring uh, eleven years ago, uh, pro wrestling unplugged, a little small independent promotion, uh, ran a Commissioner Idol contest that Matt Porter and I uh, put a video in, and I got to cut a promo live at the ECW Arena, right in front of DDP, in front of. 800 fans wow. who, hated, who hated me. So it That's was great. Awesome. I did the whole RC Cola gimmick and I had made an RC Cola shirt. <laughs> Tried to reach out to RC Cola, see what they wanted to do. You know, you got a taste of RC, but that was the young me, you know. <laughs> That's incredible. That's Thank, awesome. Thank you. So um, before we let you go, um, a big event this, um, this coming Saturday. Can, can you talk about it? Yeah, of course. Um, if you guys are in the Paulsboro area, and even if you're not, drive down. Come on. What are you doing? What are you doing this Saturday? Come on. Um, there will be a show. It's Monster Factory on 11. I will be facing Wet Brett Waters in the qualifier for the Larry Cup, Larry Sharp Cup. So hopefully I'll be getting into that. That's something I really have wanted to be a part of since I started at the Monster Factory. and It's all on the line here. Well, best of luck. And uh, Christian, we can't wait to get you up in the studio sometime. Absolutely, man. Thank you for having me on, and thank you for giving me your time. No worries. Thank you, man. Take care. Appreciate it, guys. Take care. Hey, I think, you know, while people are talking already, we've been mentioning this 2300 show. And shout out to Danny Cage. Yeah, that's yeah. a guy that's making things happen. Get things done. You know, yeah, when yeah. you hear about even that, there's a guy kind of new to the business and his dreams are coming true. A lot of it, man, it's that monster factory. That's you just place, can't say no to they him. He's he just one it. of those guys. He just doesn't Danny get Danny Cage, done. that's a guy that makes it work. Yeah, Danny Cage, I don't think he gets enough uh credit or enough i don't think enough people talk about him as somebody uh what he's doing in the business and what he's doing with the young talent and stuff and and uh i know he's gotten a lot of opportunities for people i think i i want to say at aew like you know working enhancement stuff and and just being there when they're in town and yeah i mean there i can't think of a better place especially if you're in this area i can't think of a better place to go and train than the monster factory Definitely. i think just the fact that look how many of his guys are like you know every time i see damian priest he was yeah. Here he was actually here in the studio. Yep. Riddle was here in the studio. QT yep. was here yeah. in the studio. He brought them all up. Right. Those were still like that's the thing. It, you watch it every time. You go, yeah, I remember that guy was in my career. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's amazing to see. Like you're looking back at the picture, Steve Macklin. Think about yeah, Macklin. that, right? Steve yep. Macklin, great dude. Yeah, really. Teaming with Mike Spanos, yep. yeah, and making it happen. All those guys you figure that went through the Monster Factory and now are doing really, really well. Right, and that's one thing, Josh. I want to talk to you that which I commend you for, like. How many times you did your show up here? You know, you never gave up to where people say you got lucky. No, you worked or you know what off to get where yeah. you are. And you know what? It also speaks to it's kind of put over Monco for a bit here. Um, you know, the 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 kids that were working uh, on the crew there for So Says Chernoff doing it next door in the studio. Um, man, it, it, they when uh, it was and I, I feel so bad. I can't remember the the girl's name who was there, but Owen um, was it was him and one other person actually came to my office when the school first got shut down for COVID came to my office with equipment to film just the three of us to film, uh, that month's episode. And then after that, uh, and, and to today, I mean, I've just been recording back at home and, um, 
you know, and that's kind of going on hiatus for a bit. Um, not just because I won best host for the international mm -hmm. Academy of web television <laughs> for the show. Boom. And I don't want to you know go out on top, but you know, uh, <laughs> but I've gotten a little bit busier and, and, it, but I mean the time here, uh, talk about, yeah, like I was, I was working my butt off and I was, I was doing everything I could, but I don't think, I'm not sure that I'd be where I am today if not for the opportunity, you know, honestly that and not to blow smoke, but that you guys gave me the opportunity to be able to set it up, to be able to do the show in it here at Monco and have that crew to be able to put this production together that fight TV was interested in because they looked at it and they said, Oh man, wow. Okay. This doesn't look like a guy sitting in his basement recording something, uh, which of course I think we all became guys who sat in our basement recording something uh, <laughs> right. during the pandemic, yeah. but or garage, the, you know, <laughs> right. But at the time it was, uh, yeah, but you had that fancy bar in there. So yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> right. yeah. But, uh, but no, at the time it, it really was something that I think um, allowed, you know, it, it's, if you're record, if you're a musician and you want somebody to listen to your, you know, to your demo, well, before you get to your first lyric, you might be the greatest lyricist and the greatest singer in the world, but if the second they hit play, it sounds like you recorded it on a, you know, on a, an old, like you sat your phone next to you or something and just started playing, like people are going to not, they're not going to have the same feeling as if it was in a professional studio. And that speaks volumes. Yeah. And I think that, I, I, I really do believe that when that show first started and I had my intro uh, and then, you know, it opens up to me at this desk with this green screen behind me that's that now has like a uh, looks like it's overlooking Philadelphia and, and all of that. And I think, you know, being able to be in a place where we had, you know, a live audience, uh, no matter the size, you know, we did have a live audience and I really think that that went a long way. And Mike Weber, who's now my boss at fight going okay, hey, this looks good. Let's put it on, you know? And uh, so, yeah, so thank you for that. So I appreciate you saying how hard I'm working, but, um, you know, it, it's, I think you're only, you're only as good as the people around you and you, you, it doesn't matter how hard you work if you have people who aren't working hard alongside you, it becomes really challenging to reach the level that you want to reach. And let's just point out there, Owen and the rest of the guys, they weren't getting paid. They were helping you. Like they're working yeah. hard. And but did also, that put yourself? I think it also speaks to the fact that, and this is like all, no matter what business you're in, when an opportunity strikes, you can either sit in the sideline or you can do it. And that yeah. group, they'd stepped up. They were a great crew and you gave them a great opportunity, but they were able to take it. Mm -hmm. And I think that speaks to so much of it is like, really, when an opportunity comes, you got to be ready yeah. and you got to do it. And that crew was able to do it. And then now how did that, like you figure now, like everybody on the planet, COVID hits, mm -hmm. everybody's throttled. It probably derailed you a little bit. What do you think? Now you're trying to do the show by yourself. Right. Like you said, what was that? How would, how did you kind of keep it going? So in some ways I almost feel like it sped up the process in my having the job I have now because I looked at it and I said, okay, no live audience. So nobody to be forced to laugh at my jokes. Um, <laughs> so that, that's, that's, that's the no, laugh that, that everybody know. heard. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um, I came to a lot of those tapes. Yeah. That was always fun. Yeah. And, and so, you know, what happened was, you know, I had just started a show called On the Ropes uh, for Fight. Thank you. And that, and, yeah. And yeah, RC was on that. And, uh, and that instantly, I won't want to say it was canceled, but we had a plan in place to interview just a, an enormous number of wrestlers at, uh, at WrestleCon. And then COVID hit and the whole thing was canceled. And so that show kind of became, what happened was I said, okay, well, I could do these interviews, but what am I doing with So Says Chernoff? And I was like, well, maybe I can get people on. And I think Meany was actually the first one to come on because he had just asked me to host his podcast. And so we were promoting that. And I, I said, you know, maybe I can just do sit down interviews for So Says Chernoff to get us through these, you know, you know, these couple of weeks of the pandemic, you know, and then we'll be back in the studio. Well, uh, I think we all know how that went, but oh, yeah, it'll be over in two yeah, weeks. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, and we even like, honestly, we even had it planned like, okay, well you're still on the schedule for this month, this month, and this month to come back to Monco. So that'd be fine. But uh, yeah, but so what happened was I started filling the show with doing these sit down interviews so that kind of became, well, how many sit-down interview shows am I going to be doing for fights? So we, we shelved the, uh, the On the Rope show. Um, I was doing Sosa Chernoff, but then what happened was 
I looked and I said, well, my job with fight, I guess is done. I'm not going to, they're not sending me to any shows to do stuff from the crowd. I'm not going to be interviewing any wrestlers on site. Um, we're not gonna be doing any more of these live fight and focus shows. And Mike Weber saw what I was doing with So Says Chernoff and saw that I was doing these remote interviews. And he had asked me if I could do a remote, if I could produce, because he knew I was doing it. He said, can you produce, we have Matt Stryker talking to someone, I forget what it was, promoting something. And he's like, hey, he's like, do you know how to do this? Like, other than it just being in, because they were, I think they were recording it on Zoom and sending it off to, their graphics team. It was putting like an overlay and like, and he's like, I see you're doing this on your thing. Can you do it? And I'm like, absolutely. I mean, that's, it's super easy in the sense that I've already done the, the work to learn how to do it. Um, and so I started, so I produced that and right off the bat, now I just inadvertently showed them, Hey, I can produce a segment without actually being on air. So now it's like, okay, that's interesting. Uh, and then it was like, Hey Josh, do you want to interview? We've got this show coming up and do you want to do some of these interviews and you can use them for so says Chernoff. So I think the first one, it may not have been the first, but I'm pretty sure the first one was Christian cage promoting a movie that he was in that was going to be airing on fight. And I interviewed him and then I was able to put that on. So says Chernoff. And one thing led to another where they started to say, Hey, this is kind of interesting. Instead of doing a fight and focus live before an event once every three months, we could do a weekly one leading up to whatever events we have. Now, we didn't have that many events during, during COVID. So I started doing maybe one week I'm doing wrestling. The next week I'm doing motocross. And the next week I'm doing boxing. And I'm starting to do all these different things. And before you know it, I'm now, I'm, producing them live. I'm editing the ones that aren't live. I'm creating the lower thirds and graphics for these things. And that all kind of snowballed to the point where once the world opened back up and I was getting sent again to do all of these, these things, it was now I'm not just sent to do social media. Now I'm sent there to do these sit down interviews, come home, edit them. Sometimes I go back to my hotel room and edit them and send them out. And it became this whole, uh, sorry, I got one of my coworkers calling me. I'll decline him. Um, <laughs> yeah, I try to tell him. You could be on the air. With I Josh tell him all the time. Yeah. I'm like, listen, man, I'm like, you know, I know we work alongside each other, but I'm, I'm still a pretty big deal. You know, and yeah. I need you to respect that sometimes I'm an on-air talent as well. And uh, respect my protocol. So, so no, but I, I think so. That's pretty much what led into it. And you know, as we started gearing up towards more live events happening, it, it just I've, I've always had a great relationship with Mike Weber, who um, was the one who greenlit. So says Chernoff being on, you know, offered me a year of that to see if it worked and. Um, and has offered me all the opportunities that I have. So the more and more he and I are just talking, he'd be like, you know, Hey Josh, can you interview so-and-so? Yeah, sure. And then a conversation. Yeah. So how's everything going? Oh, we're working on this thing. Yeah. We got to do this. And then I would just be like, I, I mean, I'm, if you want me to, I can do it. And he'd be like, Oh yeah, sure. Why not? Well, eventually I think they, you know, I like to joke. I think they realized it would cost them less money to just employ me than to keep bringing me on for uh, a contract work. So um, they offered me a job. They offered me, um, they pretty much laid out, okay, here's what we think we want you to do. Uh, and we'd like you to be director of programming and we want to bring you on uh, full time. And it's, I mean, you talk about the different dreams and goals and things like that. I, the, the dream that I always had, you know, you could always say, oh, I want to be a wrestler. Or, oh, I wanted to do this or that. The dream at the core of it was, I wanted to make a living and be able to support my family off of something in this industry. And the fact that I'm actually lucky enough to be able to do that now is incredible to me. It blows my mind. It's something that, you know, it's a, is it a dream job? Yes. At the same time, it's also a job. So there are plenty of days where you're exhausted and you're frustrated and you had a, another call with someone where you're banging your head against the wall going, why, you know, it's still a job, no matter how, you know, how cool it looks from the outside. And it's pretty damn cool from the inside too, if I'm being honest, but it's reached a point where there have been times where I step back and I go, you are so lucky to have this opportunity, you know, 
yeah, that's annoying. Suck it up. <laughs> you know, yeah. suck it up. Yeah, that's an annoying part of the job. Well, guess what? That annoying part of the job is in every job, but not every job is a dream job. So deal with it. And it, it, it's a great perspective to have. Um, but yeah, that's, I mean, it, it, it's, I feel like there was a question originally and I just went off on a tangent, but, uh, but I haven't been but able to. it was to, all good. Yeah, it was all good I stuff. haven't been interviewed in a really long time, you know. I'm Until now, yeah. or music and what, what do you think even of that? Like, like the difference of being on the other side. Like usually you're asking the questions, mm-hmm. they RC is asking the questions. Which do you prefer? You know, well, I mean, there's no prep work involved with answering questions. Right, so that, right. so I mean, that's easy. This isn't a job right now. I'm just having fun. <laughs> um, but the it, it, it's weird. It is very different. Um, I find myself I'm very comfortable interviewing people at this point. I've had enough experience that uh, not to say that there aren't times where I'm I still get a little nervous depending on who it is. But I will, uh, or even not if it's who it is, but the circumstance of which it is. And but there. But to be interviewed, I instantly start to go, man, I'm talking too much. Okay, I'm giving way too many words. I could have said this <laughs> in half the time. Driving home, you're thinking of and it. It's yeah. A, yeah, and you're, you know, so you have that inner monologue that's going, it's going like, stop, just wrap up the story. What are you talking about? Stop. At this so, point, who would make you nervous, though? Um, if I could do a sit down with Bret Hart, um, uh, Shawn Michaels, any of the people that were, you know, it, I guess it depends because like I interviewed Chris Jericho a couple months back and he was one of my top, you know, of all time, Brett, Sean, uh, Owen Hart was one of my favorites, but, um, and, uh, I actually got to meet his wife recently, which was an awesome, awesome experience to get to, to talk to her. Um, but, uh, and then Chris Jericho was top of it. I mean, absolutely my top five. And then, of course, The Rock. I feel like The Rock might be a, a, a nerve wracking. Might yeah. sweat just a little yeah. bit from that one. But, uh, but yeah, it, you know, with Jericho, once I got into it, what I realized was, and I don't know how this will sound, but like this is what I do. And at the end of the day, yeah, I'm interviewing Chris Jericho, which was super cool for me as a fan and for me even professionally as well. And I was very nervous going into it, but once we're a minute or so in, I was like, oh, right. Yeah. This is what you do for a living. Like, okay, stop being so nervous. You're interviewing a wrestler. And then I realized I'm interviewing a wrestler that I've been an enormous fan of. So I've been, it's more nerve wracking to sit down and there's some boxer I've never heard of, (laughs) but I know that there are fans watching who this boxer is their favorite of all time. And they're, and I know they're looking at me going, why does this guy have this job? This guy doesn't <laughs> know what the hell he's about talking that about. Before the interview, during the interview, yeah. you don't have time to get scared because you're already in it. You're yeah. Done. You're in the interview. And the other thing is with interviewing my, my advice I, I've given to anyone who's ever asked is the best advice I can give to be a, a, at least decent at your job as an interviewer is to just listen, to have much like you, you know, you have a, your prep work you've done, you always do your prep work before interviews, but there've been plenty of times where we've done stuff and some of it's cause I'm long winded, but a lot of it is where we haven't gotten to stuff that's on your list because you're good enough to know, listen to what the person's talking about. And maybe the person you're interviewing has just said something where you go, Oh, okay. Hey, I want to ask you about that. And it wasn't written down. So once you start seeing an interview as a conversation, it ends up being a guy like Chris Jericho goes from a nerve wracking experience to this is the easiest interview I've ever done in my life because I'm a huge fan. So I can revert back to absolutely anything Chris Jericho's done in the last 25 years of his career. (laughs) And I know it probably better than he does because I, you know, I was a huge fan of him. So it, and still am a huge fan of him. So it, 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 you know, it shifts in that regard. So, um, but I think plus he's somebody also that's very good on the mic. Oh, yeah. Like you know, it's it would be so hard it's to not find. Pulling there's teeth. not too right. many guys who cut better interviews. He's like David right. Lee Roth, kind of like like just he's yeah. all over the place, and you know he's going to give you good stuff. Yeah, and I think that it's you know, it's one of those situations where you you start to realize like there are some interviews I've interviewed people, and I won't say who they are, but I've interviewed wrestlers out there where it is like interviewing drying paint like it is oh yeah and i'm just like and i'm like oh man we must i'm like we must be good we must have hit our half hour mark and i'm like oh seven minutes okay i can't uh, wait to get back home yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, <laughs> boom you've experienced yes. it you know and it, 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 it's tough and um and sometimes people who are great promos in wrestling 
are not that great when it comes down to just being interviewed. So, yeah. The fun thing is that I loved watching was your your uh, your interactions with like Macrodona and yeah. uh, Nick Gage too. Like that oh, would uh, put yeah. me on edge. Nick Gage is a situation where I saw him. I'm trying to think, maybe a month or two ago, um, it was the FWF Live Three show, and. I just thinking to myself, in what other world, and I don't mean this to be disparaging towards Nick Gage, but in what other world is a guy like Nick Gage and me walking in in my suit and we're coming in and he's coming over and giving me a hug, right? Like normally, and I don't mean this to be disrespectful to him, but I'd probably run from a guy like Nick Gage coming at me. <laughs> Instead, Nick Gage is coming over, hey man, great to see you. And like- and, His comb is a fork, you know? Yeah, and it's just, it, you know- <laughs> And and Nick has been, you know, look, you could he he's had his documentaries and well documented issues and stuff like that. Um, Nick has never been anything but kind to me and welcoming to me into the GCW locker room and 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 welcoming in just, you know, hey, can I get an interview with you? Absolutely, you know, and has put over fight in such a, a great way that like, and I try to judge people based on how they treat me, um, not based on how. I'm hearing from somebody else. Now, obviously there are some circumstances you hear one thing and you know, okay, I think it's fair to judge that person based on what I've been told. But Nick Gage is a guy where I go, Hey, you know, everybody deserves a second chance. And, and, uh, you know, he's been nothing but great to work with, but I look at it sometimes and I just go like, he and I come from two completely different worlds, but here we are hugging hello. And it's, you know, it's a weird thing. And then a guy like Matt Cardona, who, you know, we had, we hadn't stayed in any touch really from, I met him down in OVW in 2007. Um, the first night that I went out with the roster for OVW was for him and Brian Myers for their last night in Kentucky before they were sent to the main roster and when they were the major brothers. And, you know, we stayed, I think we stayed Facebook friends maybe, but like it, that was really it. And it was when they started the major wrestling figure podcast that, um, the real first interaction he and I had in a long, long time was uh, I was doing something with Bill Apter and I was doing the podcast Bill Apter and I tweeted out or put on Instagram uh, the picture of Bill had this Hasbro wrestling ring that he had gotten at a Hall of Fame ceremony back in the day and Matt wanted it. So he reached out to me because I had posted the picture and I pretty much brokered this deal between Cardona and, you know, and part of the deal was, hey man, do you think you could mention So Says Chernoff on the air? And he was like, and it's so funny because he's like, oh, and thanks to, uh, thanks to Josh Chernoff for, uh, for doing this from So Says Chernoff. And he said it like slowly. So it's, you know, cause it's a tongue tri- twister. I can't even say. Um, and, uh, and to go from that to being in Baltimore a couple weeks ago, host uh emceeing the major wrestling figure podcast live show um and being a a a part of their show and a part of their programming and and a character in their world that they've created um is so cool and now the fact that i was able to they were actually the first thing that i did when i became director of programming was bring them on to fight and to be able to work with with uh with Mark Sterling and with Brian and with Matt on, on these projects that are on fight is just so cool because I've now become friends with them and, and being able to work with guys that I, I have so much respect for what they've been able to build. Um, so it's, and I always say like, I wouldn't have an action figure if it wasn't for them because Mm -hmm. they, I don't think cello toys would have been making action figures if it wasn't for them. I think they, brought that into the world where it was just like, Oh, there's a bunch of us who collect action figures. Oh, there's a market for people who want retro style. Like, so I think they, they don't give themselves enough credit for what I think they've done there. But, uh, but doing those, it started off as just like a, a, just a straight laced interview with Matt. And we just, as we got friendlier, we would just like, I would do a little something to try and make him laugh during it or whatever. Cause it's not live. You know, I figure whatever, if he laughs and breaks, we'll just, you know, we'll start again. And it got to a point where you would be like, okay, what do we want to do? And we don't even discuss at all what we're going to talk about. Um, and one of my favorites was when he debuted for the NWA and we start off. We're like, you know, I'm like, so anything we're going to say, he's like, nah, let's just do it. 
And so I start, I'm like, Matt Cardona, like, you know, we're so surprised to see you here at the NWA, whatever. And he like, it starts off or I think it starts off with me being like, Hey, I'm Josh Chernoff here for fight. And he's just looking at his phone going, all right, hurry this up. I'm trying to get my, yeah. my Uber eats. And he like says something about sushi. And so I'm just like, stop in the middle. I'm just like, can I get in on that? And he's like, no. And just keeps going. He's like, so what are we talking about? And like, it just, it was like a comedic timing thing that just worked so well that we just kind of kept doing that and it's been uh it's been a blast and he fired me on air at the major pod thing and it was just it, it's just been a lot of fun i i appreciate how much they have uh given me exposure as an on-air personality i think the major pod and matt cardona specifically have really made me a a, a known name to a at least a small group of people well, you can tell from your love for the business and your acting experience and all that, even when the AEW with the, uh, the best friends, when, yeah. they, when they're changing their position during the interview, <laughs> you're like, oh, okay, well, you're going to stay there now. Like, and they'll walk yeah. off, you could tell. And that's my favorite thing to do with those interviews. Because, again, it's like everything, you don't want to overthink it. You just want to have fun. Like, just right. have a good time and, and be in the moment. And it is, it's improv. It's like, okay, I know my character. My character, I'm the guy with the microphone interviewing them. I'm trying right. to get an interview. Right. And just... And just go with it. And it's, you know, they're all pros, so. So here's a question. When you're out in the wild, have you ever gotten recognized by a fan who wanted an autograph or a selfie who just came running up and they knew who you were? Yes. And I turned, <laughs> once it happened, I turned to my friend Calvin and I said, I'm so glad you were here because nobody would believe that this happened. <laughs> nice. uh, it was at outside of Arthur Ashe Stadium when AEW did their, uh, what what do they call that? They're like there's like no, it's like their, no 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 no. It was their big event. Their uh, I don't know what they call it. like Grand Slam. That's what they call okay. it uh, at Arthur Ashe Stadium. And uh, and I'm walking into the building and there's a huge line of people and everything. And I'm walking in and of course I'm already dressed. I'm in my suit and everything. And this woman comes running over to me. And she's like, excuse me, excuse me. And I think she's going to ask me, like, where's the will call window or something? Because I had times in the beginning where people would come in and be like, excuse me, do you know where that? Because I'm wearing a suit and they just assume I'm like staff for the right. building or something. And she's like, I'm just, I'm a huge fan. And so my first thought is, okay, who does she think I am? <laughs> and right. And like, I mean, and I don't mean it to be self-deprecating. I'm honestly like, okay, she, I, this is going to be awkward, but who does she think, you know, um, she thinks I'm Excalibur with the mask off. But, um, so she's like, I'm such a big fan. I love watching. So says Chernoff. And at that point I started to suspect she may have really meant Got to right come person. up to yeah. me. Yeah. And then her husband comes over and he's like, uh, he's like, Oh, we love your show. We love all this stuff. And I'm like, I'm like, I didn't know any, I'm like, I guess you're the ones who watch it. Like I don't, <laughs> yeah. you know? And so then she asked, can we take a picture? So her husband takes a picture of, of me and her. And she's like, I'm sorry. I'm just shaking. I'm so excited. And I said to her, I said, listen, never shake on my behalf. Like <laughs> don't shake because of me. Like it, it, I, and I, I, I told her, I'm like, trust me, this is a more exciting experience for me than this is for you. And, uh, but yeah, so it's, and now of course it's happened a number of other times, obviously now when I'm at like an AEW fan fest thing or something like that, at this point, I've been, people have seen me enough. That right, they, well, you're yeah. in the event, right. but I, that's what I, but I that was like one that, outside the fact of it was like outside and they yeah. knew who you were. That's it, it, exciting. Yeah, and that's that's happened a couple of times and it is uh, it is humbling and <laughs> so weird. And I've had times, but even in the event, I now am at a point where I usually like to watch the show from like behind the stage area, like, in, like just peeking out. It's not the best view, but I like it because... It was also at that same show at Arthur Ashe Stadium. Somebody sent me a picture um, of me in it, which is amazing. I asked him, I said, hey, can I use this as my, like, uh, my cover photo? And it was so cool. Like, I didn't know they were taking a picture of me while I was doing one of my stand-up, you know, uh, hype things. And it had, like, Sting entering in the background. It was, like, really cool. And then someone sent me a picture of me like standing there making some weird face. Like I was like trying to like use my tongue to get something out of my tooth or something. I'm like, you know, <laughs> standing there just holding my microphone, clearly not doing it, like just standing around in between the thing. And that was when I was like, Oh man, someone might always be watching me. Right. Right. And like, and I thought about it. I thought like, I remember growing up as a fan, going to these shows and 
you'd see a guy there and be like, what is he doing? wonder what he's up to. Oh, he's got a microphone. What's his deal? Well, now and the thought the of phones, people watching the phones, me. The problem is now WrestleMania is going to pick that up. Josh has a weird tick. And yeah. you see this yeah. picture and it could yeah. be totally out of context. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just so now you start going like, oh man, people are looking at me at all times. <laughs> right. And like, you never know. Like, am I going to, am I gonna, like the old Seinfeld thing? Am I going to scratch my nose yeah. on this right, side? Right. But they take a picture and it looks like I'm knuckle deep. Right. Like, you know, <laughs> so I'm, I'm like, yeah, so now I get paranoid with that. But uh, like, for instance, uh, I was after um, the Owen Hart, uh, uh, the Owen Hart Foundation tournament, uh, the presentation when Martha Hart came out at the pay-per-view and she um, and she had a beautiful speech and it was amazing. And I was right uh, next to the girl position backstage and I said, you know what? I was like, I just want to go up and, and just do what a billion other people have done and tell her how much her husband meant to me as a fan and, um, and just, you know, just say how excited I was for her family that they were able to do this. So I went up and I started talking to her and she was just the nicest person you could ever want to meet. And I'm telling her about, uh, when I met, Owen and the picture I took and I said, yeah, I actually, you know, I, I shared it recently on social media. She's like, Oh, do you have it? And I, I bring it up and she's showing it. I think it was her sister was there and she's showing like this picture and everything. We're having this whole conversation. And towards the end of it, I, I notice a boom mic over my head and with a long, long, and it's dark back there, like the, by the gorilla position. So there's just this long pole and I don't even see who's holding this boom mic. But eventually what I realize is, there is a documentary, uh, and I don't, you know, I, I, I can't say, but I've heard what network was apparently doing. But there's a documentary on it. And now I start thinking to myself, oh my God, what did I say to her? Right. Like, what right. actually, because I, you know, I wasn't on air. I wasn't thinking, at least, that I was being recorded. So I'm like, like, I probably was just like, oh, and he was my, 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 my favorite. I was such a, you know, like who knows what I was possibly saying, but so, you know, maybe in that'll end up episode, in a, Josh yeah. geeks out dark nervously. Side, Josh right. sure enough, dark side of the ring yeah. and watch as the sweat poured down. His, right. yeah. Now look, there's, you were almost running out of time. So I have one very we'll serious question over. is the fact that obviously you have shaved your beard, yeah. but RC's growing a mustache and yeah. I, it's, it's pretty hysterical. It's been, so it's been just, a tough you know, couple of years. Yeah, you know? yeah. But, uh, no, he started growing it right when uh, when shutdown happened. Yeah. He hasn't cut it since. Nope. And, nope. Uh, it's, it's down to my knees. Yeah, but you know, it doesn't give it just enough. And I want Fight TV to know, you know, that we appreciate you coming out. But like Starcast, I know we have to have you on again to talk more about this. But yeah. Ric Flair's last match, I, you're yeah. going to be I there, mean, man. That's we not only am I there, which is just so awesome to be able to be in the building for it. Um, I have had, and this is kind of, I don't think anybody knows this. I don't think it's a problem if I tell anybody. Um, and if it is, then I guess I'll get fired. But um, uh, You got a job here. I had the, I was asked the other day and had the opportunity, um, and, and I will say the honor, uh, to create Ric Flair's entrance video for his Woo! last match. Wow. wow man. Uh, and that came off of being asked to create the lower thirds for that broadcast and for the roast of Ric Flair. And I thought... That's amazing. Like my work on these lower thirds are going to be on the screen. That's incredible. Mm. And then they came to me and said, uh, do you think you could do an entrance video for him? Wow. Done. And I was like, yeah, yeah, my first thought was like, yeah, okay, I can do that. I've been doing entrance videos for, you know, I, I, for a ton of, I'm doing the entrance videos for the wrestling showcase. And, uh, we'll talk about that for a minute, but, um, which will be exclusively on fight. Um, but, just the idea of being able to do that. And as I'm, as I'm watching it back and I'm going through and I'm listening to the music with it and all, and I reach a certain point and I go, Holy crap. Like 9,000 people are going to be staring at the screen because Rick doesn't come out through the curtain until like he takes his time. Oh, yeah. And when you're talking about Ric Flair, that screen, that video is part of the presentation of the intro. And then I was like, okay, I need to go back to the drawing boards on this and make <laughs> yeah. sure this thing is amazing. Nervous, right. Um, but so I am, it is just bucket list moments that you didn't know were on your bucket list, right? right? Like that, it, it's been unbelievable to be able to be a part of that and to be able to work with such an incredible team that is putting this entire show together. Um, they're, they're amazing. And uh, it's, it, it is, I'm, I learn something in every meeting that we have and it is just, 
such an incredible experience. Matt, uh, who do you want to see as Ric Flair's last opponent? You know what? I don't ever like them saying it's the last match because mm-hmm. if there's one thing we've learned about Ric Flair, it's that he'll keep coming, coming. back. And yeah. really, you know, at some point, you know, I get it. They hype it up. It's the last time ever, last time ever. Maybe not. Yes, yeah, true. <laughs> I yeah. mean, I think we can guarantee it is his last match in July of 2022. You got it. Um, it's right yeah. at the end of the month. Because yeah. I'm pretty sure it's the last <laughs> yeah. night. Yeah. Um, no, I will tell you from the, the conversations that I've been a part of with him, he sincerely intends and believes that this will be his right. last match. Right. Yeah. There is, and everybody working on the team, I don't think anybody, everyone is working on the assumption that this is yeah. truly his last match. Really but even that. like yeah. at that age to be taking bumps, like I am much, you know, 20 years younger than Ric Flair, but yeah. man, I fell off a stage <laughs> the other, and that still hurts. It's a yeah. year later. Yeah. You know? like, no, I, I, you know, okay, he's question, one of a Matt, kind. Would you want to see Sting? Sting's last match was in WCW with him, right? You know what? If they did Sting Flair, of course, it would be great. I mean, Sting is still jumping off the second floor. (laughs) You know, it's crazy stuff. But, you know, I I just never like it when they call it the last thing. And look, and of course, right off the start, we talk about it. Like, I'm a huge Kiss fan. They've been doing a farewell tour for 20 years. Yeah, right. (laughs) It's the end of the road. And Gene Simmons just said, we're going to add 100 more shows. And you're still buying tickets. Of course I am. But one of those will be their last. At some point, it will. Yeah. But I think to call it that, like at some point, they'll it will be the last show and nobody will know it. Yeah, right. and then it'll just be the last show. Which honestly yeah. is but probably the better way in some regards. I keep saying the end of the road is a cul-de-sac; it just keeps going around. That's right. that's what yep. it comes down to. Uh, I know we're running out of time, but I did want to plug. I did plug Starcast, the the roast of Ric Flair uh, and Ric Flair's last match. But I do also want to plug, uh, if we have a second, the Wrestling Showcase. You can go to the WrestlingShowcase.com. It's a, a show that I've been working on. Um, I'm, it's, a, I'm so happy to have it on fight. Um, like I said, you know, I was asked to do videos for it. Um, it is going to come out later today, but for those of you who are listening to this, I am also one half of the commentating team for that show. So I am, uh, this is the first time I, that anyone has heard that. Um, so I figured I'd let everybody down now. Um, yeah. <laughs> those who are waiting, but it's a, it's a, it's a one night eight man tournament. Um, there's going to be a, a really big women's match as well. Uh, but the people that are on it, it it's just an incredible, uh, Cardona, if he's cleared, is going to be on it. If not, it's going to be, uh, Brian Myers. He's wrestling Tatanka in the first round, which was like, he just was making fun of Tatanka's action figures and they got in a Twitter fight and now they're having a match. So Jeez. it's like ridiculous, but amazing at the same time. Um, and, uh, killer cross Jacob Fatu, who is unbelievable, uh, both of them are unbelievable. Uh, Steve Macklin, who you mentioned earlier, yeah. he's going to be a part of it. Deanna. Tony Nice, um, who did you say? Deanna, right? Deanna mm-hmm. Parazzo, she'll be a part of it as well. Um, uh, Chelsea Green, Ty of Valkyrie, uh, Scarlett Bordeaux obviously will be there with with uh, Killer Cross, and uh, Rich Swan is going to be it. And you know my history with Rich. Uh, my last match was with him, so to be able to work on the same show as him is going to be fun. And uh, to not be in the ring is going to be even more fun. But uh, yeah, go to the Wrestling Showcase dot com. Uh, it's Rest W R E S T Showcase or at Rest Showcase on uh, on Twitter and. Uh, Definitely check that out. Uh, get your tickets if you're going to be in the Schaumburg, Illinois area. But otherwise, go to fight. Order it on pay-per-view. It is shaping up to be like the best post. Like if you're on a high after Ric Flair's last match and you're like, oh, my God, I need more great wrestling. This is going to be a month later. This is going to be the show. And we are actually going to be revealing the championship belt that you can win when you win the tournament. Uh, we will be revealing that belt at StarCast. So it all kind of ties together, and it's all on fight. So go now. Well, everyone knows my history with Matt and my appreciation for Matt Porter, but you have been looking back at pictures and you know the history we have. So thank you for coming up here today. It's better and, than uh, the history you have with Matt Porter is what you're saying. No. no it's it's like, just, far just, superior than the history you have In general, you have, you have, you have you an know, action figure. I don't have an action figure. You have an action figure. Uh, that's not true. I've seen a, a Peter Griffin that looks <laughs> oh, like a cartoon yeah. character. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's true. But damaged fans, we're so happy to be back here. And uh, remember, fans, don't keep it nice and neat. Keep it completely damaged on MakaRadio.com, where music and minds meet. Thanks, guys.